Hello, I'm Darian St. Martin, and I'm your host at World Speaks English podcast, where we discuss all things English, and in particular, the most effective IELTS tips provided by me, an experienced IELTS trainer, and the testtaker.com website, where you can find more materials for each of our audio lessons. You're listening to a series of podcasts about IELTS speaking. Today's topic is travel, and we will be reviewing sample answers to typical questions you might get at your test, as well as some key vocabulary you must know for the topic. Let's begin with the first part of the IELTS speaking section. The examiner will now ask you some relatively easy questions. The first one might be just, do you like to travel? You might answer... Yes, I do. I am keen on broadening my horizons and there is nothing that helps to do it more comprehensively than traveling. Another question might be, what kind of places have you visited in your life? You might answer, well, sadly, I didn't get to see many destinations inside and outside of my native country. I have traveled a bit in the south of Russia and went to see parts of Switzerland, Italy, France, Ukraine, Serbia, Belarus and Germany. Which place would you really like to visit and why? Hmm, I had first thought about this when I was in middle school, much before I first left Russia. I remember seeing Machu Picchu in one of our books about nature and falling in love with it. Since then, I have always wanted to go to Peru and this old ink city. Another question might be, what is the best place you have ever visited? The city that has really astonished me with its beautiful architecture and history was Paris. This is not only the capital of culture, economics and education, but also the place full of vivid art and romance. And the last question in this section is that. How do you prefer to travel on long journeys? You can answer. When it takes a lot of time to get to a destination, I definitely prefer to travel by a sleeping train. These are trains with comfortable beds where it is possible to relax and recharge before reaching new places. So, these are my personal answers that I could use to answer those questions. They are, of course, about me, and you can tweak them and correct them to be perfectly suiting your own personality and fitting to the context of your own life. Then, let's move on to the second part. In the part two of IELTS listening, you will have to speak as in a form of a monologue for a minute or two. You will receive a question card with the task that you have to address. Let's imagine that for this part, you will have such task. Describe an interesting journey you have been on. You should say where you went how you traveled there, who you went with, and explain what was so memorable about the journey. Okay, so here you will have a bit to prepare. 
The preparation time will be around one minute, and you also will be given a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen so that you can write down your thoughts and structure your ideas. After you have done that, you can start speaking. So this is how my answer would look like. One of my favorite trips is the one I did in March to Paris. There is a peculiar thing about me. I don't like traveling without a clear purpose. I would rather go to a conference abroad than just fly to another city with no purpose other than wandering streets. So, this is exactly what happened on my journey to France. I was invited to attend a three-day workshop on corporate mergers and acquisitions with BCG that stands for Boston Consulting Group. The hosting company paid all my expenses, including a round flight to Paris. However, I had a hard time receiving a visa, so I had to reschedule initial itineraries. After I finally landed in the French capital, a transfer driver picked me up and drove to a chateau, which turned out to be a beautiful countryside hotel, set up in an old mansion. There was not only me, but also 50 other young people, students from the best European universities. The acceptance rate to this annual event is only 4%, so I felt very privileged to be there. I have not only made friends from all over the world, but also solved a real-life business case, where we had to value and sell a company, presenting the strategy to the management board afterwards. And the best final part of the event was a sightseeing trip around Paris, where I admired the Eiffel Tower, the Notre Dame de Paris, and many other breathtaking cathedrals and palaces that France is so famous for. Okay, so we are done with the part two. Many people think that this is the most difficult part because you have to talk for some time in the form of a monologue. Of course, that is challenging, but remember, you should definitely take time in the beginning to structure your answer and to think about what you're going to say in detail. This really helps. Now, let's move on to the part three. In this part, the examiner will ask you some follow-up questions to the topic which you had in your part two. The first question might be, which method of travel do you consider the safest? You can answer something like this. Well, in my opinion, traveling by train is the safest. So far, it has been the means of transportation that is the least prone to accidents. Since it runs along its own railway, it is not very likely for two trains to crash. I reckon most accidents that happen with trains are due to mechanical or technical issues, which could be avoided if the system is checked and monitored properly. The next question here is this. Has travel become safer in recent years? And my answer? Yes, I believe so. The modern technological progress allows for constant improvement of transportation quality, especially because the demand for journeys is rising. This is due to the ability to use enhanced materials that can endure higher loads and tougher exploitation conditions. 
Another breakthrough is the artificial intelligence solutions that make transport more reliable. It is able to predict accidents, crashes and breakdowns. And the last question in this section. What are the pros and cons of low-cost air travel? So, low-cost air travel allows people with budget constraints to cover long distances in short periods of time. However, when traveling on board of low-costers, one should remember that they trade their comfort for cheap tickets. Usually, meals and baggage fees are not included into initial price. Planes might be old and seats might not be that comfortable. There is also a possibility of poor customer service on board. So, this is the end of our IELTS speaking exam. You will have the three sections that we have already discussed with you. And remember that the last section is the most difficult one just because you are also expected to talk at length, to connect different ideas together, to present vocabulary that is less common. And also remember that here it is very important to talk about abstract matters. Not something that is very direct and simple, as you would do in the part one, but something that really is abstract and just, you know, you talking in general about things that are a bit more complex. Remember, vocabulary really matters. So let's revise some key vocabulary that you might find very useful when talking about travel. Remember, you will find all of these words and the vocabulary sections in the PDF that you can download on the website www.wsecommunity.com. So, the key vocabulary for this topic would be this. When talking about air travel, nouns like an airport, a plane, a carry-on, Remember, a carry-on is a small suitcase that is carried on, literally, on board of plane. A great verb to talk about air travel is to take off. This is to explain the action of becoming airborne. Or to land, which is the antonym. This means to come down through the air and alight on the ground. You can also talk about low-cost air travel, which is just the travel that costs not so much as a regular one because maybe there are less frills available. When talking about travels by sea or ocean, you can use words like a ship or a sailboat or a boat, a cruise ship, a ferry. All of those words describe means of transportation in the sea. A sailboat is a boat propelled by sails, when a boat is just a small vessel, propelled on water by sails or maybe an engine. So it's just a general name for a small vessel. A ferry, for instance, is a ship for conveying passengers and goods or maybe even cars. So you can load your car on a ferry to get across a sea or maybe a river that is very broad. When traveling by land, you can use words like a subway or an underground. Remember, there is a nice name for the underground system in London, the tube. The tube is used as a name for the underground system only in London. You can also use words like traffic or a road, a train, a railway. 
When talking about vacations in general, it is useful to remember words like a hike, this is a walk outdoors for pleasure, typically on long distances, or a camp, that's a place with tents or other shelters for people who are holidaying there. A vacation is a great word that suits many different occasions, that's just a period of time away from work. Then a trip that can be a substitute for a vacation, a travel or a tour, they also are synonyms. Remember a great word sightseeing. This is a noun to explain the activity of visiting places of interest as a tourist. For example, the group members took us sightseeing in the Yellowstone National Park. Another word that you can use is a motel. A motel is a type of a hotel that is designed primarily for motorists. So for people who drive by car or maybe by a motorcycle. Then when you get to a destination, you can book an excursion. So that's an organized trip. You can also buy tickets to go abroad or you can hire a guide who is a local to show you local cuisine or local pubs or nightlife, all of those things that people are usually interested in when they're traveling. When you're talking about traveling in distant places, you might use words like adventure activities. So those are all activities that happen during an exciting trip. So they're exciting for people because they are adventure. You might also use words like indigenous peoples. They are the first peoples, aboriginal ones, like native inhabitants, somewhere in a region or a certain country. For example, New Zealand recognizes its indigenous peoples in its constitution. Also, you might be talking about dangerous places. Dangerous places are hazardous places, which are likely to cause harm. For instance, you can say something like this. It is a good idea to know how to behave and what not to do when traveling to dangerous places. Sometimes tropical islands, um, that is another destination you can talk about. Tropical islands seem like heaven to live in. But of course, some of them might prove to be quite dangerous. But also exciting and fantastic. Those are the two adjectives you can use when talking about your travels. Remember also to use memorable. Memorable is a perfect word. It means noteworthy or pleasurable and therefore likely to be remembered. Right? So when talking about your cross-country experience, your experience in foreign country overseas, you can talk about it as a pleasant one or a memorable one. That's it! To get more materials about this topic, like collocations, word formation, and useful resources, go to the testtaker.com website. You're also welcome to visit my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash where you will get a ton of free books, practice PDFs, and tips for IELTS. See you in the next episode of World Speaks English podcast. Bye!